Good morning. I'm Eric Anderson, in for Debbie Cruz. It's Thursday, December 22nd. The city of Coronado could soon face a lawsuit for not building enough affordable housing. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. California's ban on flavored tobacco products is now in effect, the new state law making it illegal to sell menthol cigarettes or flavored vape products in cigars. San Diego City Council member Marnie Von Wilpert led the campaign for a similar ban in the city of San Diego. For decades, we've seen the major big tobacco industry hook adolescents and kids by marketing a wide variety of highly addictive flavored products. A National Association for Convenience Stores says a large part of their tobacco sales are flavored products, and the ban will push buyers to illicit sources. California Senator Alex Padilla this week proposed more than $63 million in federal funding to support 22 projects in San Diego County. Projects expected to receive funding include an ocean pollution research project by the Scripps Institution of Oceanography and San Diego County's Mobile Crisis Response Team. Padilla said the proposed funds will next head to both chambers of Congress for approval. Over the past five weeks, gas prices have dropped steadily in San Diego County. The average price for a gallon of regular gas yesterday was $4.43. Prices are down more than $2 a gallon since rising to a record of more than $6 a gallon in October. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. You've been thinking about helping KPBS with a donation. Why not donate that extra car you no longer need? Pickup is free, and you're supporting KPBS Public Media. Here's how. Visit kpbs.careasy.org. State housing officials are dialing up the pressure on Coronado to zone for more affordable housing. KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen says the city could soon face a lawsuit. State law requires cities to adopt plans that zone for enough homes to accommodate population growth. But Coronado's plan, adopted last year, zoned for only a fraction of those homes. State officials sent the city a letter last week, warning it could face fines and prosecution from the attorney general's office. Melinda Coy is with the state's Housing and Community Development Department. They are working on a draft. However, we do not have a timeline yet for completion or when that draft will come to us, which is something that we requested in this notice of violation. Coronado says it's working on an updated housing plan that meets the state's requirements. Andrew Bowen, KPBS News. Yesterday was supposed to be a big day for San Diego's border communities. The pedestrian crossing in San Isidro, known as Ped West, was about to reopen, but that didn't happen. KPBS reporter Matt Hoffman has the story. San Isidro Chamber of Commerce Executive Director Jason Wells says he was told by federal immigration officials that Ped West was reopening Wednesday, but he says those plans were scrapped at the last minute. It was going to be an extremely great day for us. Last minute shoppers, people uh, visiting their families. Unfortunately, we're here today and we're in the same situation we were last week. 
It comes just days after Title 42 was extended. That's a policy that allows border agents to turn away migrants on the grounds of stopping the spread of COVID-19. I would just expect that the communications were there. Since they told us they were opening, they should tell us when they changed their mind. U.S. Customs and Border Protection said in a statement, PedWest is not opening today. Unfortunately, we have no additional updates regarding the opening of the facility. Matt Hoffman, KPBS News. Democrats will still be in the driver's seat at the county's transportation planning agency, the San Diego Association of Governments. The Chula Vista City Council this week appointed Democrat Council member Andrea Cardenas as a SANDAG board member. Republicans had hoped the council would appoint newly elected Mayor John McCann to the board. SANDAG makes key decisions on where and how to spend transportation dollars. McCann pitched himself as a consensus builder. Knowing many of the uh, mayors and having good relationships on both sides, um, I think that I would be able to be someone uh, that would be able to bring SANDAG together. Because SANDAG, frankly, has become very, very divided. But the council's Democratic majority voted to appoint Cardenas. That means progressives could have an easier time pushing public transit improvements over freeway expansions. Coming up, what will the weather be like over the holiday weekend? We'll have that story and more next, just after the break. This is Parker Edison, host of the Parker Edison Project on KPBS. The cool thing about joining KPBS is you make one simple donation, and that money ripples into supporting everything else you see and hear on KPBS, including podcasts like this one you're listening to right now, making a place for fresh voices and perspectives to be heard. And that's music to my ears. Become a member today. Just go to kpbs.org, click that blue Give Now button, and donate what you can. All right? Thanks. For people driving on the freeway right now or just looking out a window at work, don't get too comfortable with the current temperatures. By Christmas Day, the forecast is expected to be a lot warmer in San Diego County. But in the meantime, just about every other part of the U.S. is preparing for a bitterly cold winter storm. For more on how this can affect your travel plans this weekend, Brian Adams, a meteorologist with the National Weather Service, joined KPBS's M.G. Perez with a weather update. So let's get right to it. What is happening with this winter storm over the next few days? The winter storm we have um, farther east across the country is a rapidly developing low-pressure system um, what some even refer to as kind of a bomb cyclone with how rapidly it is strengthening, you know, managing to pull in some ridiculously cold air from, you know, more Arctic portions of the globe, um, looking at high temperatures in portions of the upper Midwest and the Northern Plains to be, you know, getting below zero over the next few days. Minneapolis, I believe we're looking at highs of around like minus four for the, through the weekend. 
And then looking at, you know, that colder air to kind of keep going through the next few days, portions of the Great Lakes and into the northeastern United States dropping into the teens. And it's not just going to be those northern areas that feel this Arctic blast. It's going to be really all the way down even to, you know, some areas approaching even like the Mexican border, for example. You know, portions of southern Texas will be dropping into the 20s for low temperatures. We typically look, look at like South Florida, Miami, for example, as like a, you know, one of the traditionally warmest spots in the country during the winter months. Um, we are actually going to be winding up warmer than them over the next uh, going through the weekend here. Uh, I believe we're looking at temperatures in southern Florida to top out maybe only in the lower 60s. You know, if you're looking up even a little bit farther north of there, but closer to Orlando or Tampa, for example, they may only get into the lower 50s for a high later on this weekend. Whereas here, we're going to be sitting probably in the middle 70s in a lot of spots. How is it that it will be freezing in other parts of the country and sunny and mild here in San Diego? So typically to get these really, really cold temperatures, like we're going to be expecting later on this weekend across most of the country, you kind of need something to push it away from those more Arctic latitudes. You need something to really push it farther south. What we have going on just off to our west out over the Pacific Ocean is a really strong area of high pressure that's kind of nudging its way in. And as it strengthens, it's kind of forcing all of that colder air to dive southward. And that's, you know, that coupled with a very active jet stream is what's helping to, you know, allow that storm system over the central United States now to kind of rapidly strengthen. Um, so that area of high pressure is kind of what's ultimately driving all of this and forcing all of that colder air you know, into areas east of the Rockies, whereas we here kind of reap the benefits of this high pressure and wind up under that much warmer air. How long will it last? We're looking at this to um, kind of remain in place through much of the weekend, not really looking at much of a, you know, substantial pattern change until probably sometime during the, you know, early to maybe even middle portions of next week. This area of high pressure is going to largely remain kind of anchored in place through probably the early portions of next week before it finally you know, weakens and moves off to the east, resulting then in kind of more of just a more mild pattern for the vast majority of the country, which means, you know, obviously areas east of the Rockies will warm up from the frigid air that they're going to be experiencing this weekend, whereas then we will also kind of meet them in the middle, so to say, and cool down a little bit. Um, but that will also and also sort of open the door, so to say, for them, for there to be some potential precipitation chances then uh, approaching the west coast as we enter the early and middle portions of next week. Okay, Brian, let's get to the important stuff, travel. I have a flight out of San Diego Friday night headed to Houston to be with my family. What is the worst day for travel, or is it all going to be bad? As a whole, I mean, you have to factor in already. I mean, this weekend in general, the holiday weekend is already going to be kind of hectic travel-wise. But um, it seems like especially Friday and Saturday do seem like they're going to be pretty rough because – those more you know those more southern portions of the country not quite used to this extreme cold so travel there is already going to be hectic whether it's you know just the typical holiday air traffic versus then the ground traffic with any potential for you know really cold air and potentially any wintry precipitation involved there as well with these a lot of these like some more southern areas you don't we're not typically used to seeing you know more wintry impacts so definitely want to budget you know more than you more than enough travel time that you would ever really think of if you're going to be visiting um, really anywhere approaching the Gulf Coast later on this weekend. Okay, so for people who are staying in town, just how nice is it going to be for San Diego this holiday weekend? The weather here will be more reminiscent of spring or maybe even early summer in a lot of locations. For Saturday and Sunday in particular, we're looking at high temperatures along the immediate coast to reach probably the lower to middle 70s. And then if you go just a little bit farther inland, maybe closer to like the 15, for example, 
uh, we will probably see a lot of locations reaching or even exceeding the 80 degree mark. So it'll be pretty darn nice to through a lot of this weekend. That was Brian Adams, a meteorologist with the National Weather Service, speaking with KPBS's M.G. Perez. Yesterday, KPBS told you about the sour situation between pickleballers and tennis players. Earlier this week, the Pickleball Association of San Diego reported they were in meetings with the city of San Diego to discuss creating a regional pickleball facility. However, since then, there's been no comment from either party. Stay tuned. The 501st Legion is a worldwide costuming organization run by fans dedicated to creating screen-accurate villain costumes from the Star Wars universe. When KPBS arts reporter Beth Accomando got her own Stormtrooper costume, she decided to attend an armor party of the local Imperial Sands garrison to find out about joining the Legion. I really am too short to be a Stormtrooper, but Dean Amstutz assures me I'm not. 501st does not discriminate based on height, body shape, gender, anything like that. Amstutz is the garrison membership liaison. He's in charge of approving all the costumes for the San Diego and Imperial Rural County areas, including my Stormtrooper. I can tell from looking at the lenses, these are bubble lenses, that this is an A&H hero helmet instead of a stunt, which was the ones that, uh, like Luke and Han wore, they wore the uh, hero versions. Amstutz consults something called a character reference library. We call it a CRL for short, and it's basically the list of requirements you have to meet for the costume to be screen accurate. So part of the 501st Legion is that we are all about film accuracy. So we don't want to look like just guys in Stormtrooper costumes. We want to look like we stepped right off the film set. Or onto one. Although the volunteer organization is not affiliated with Lucasfilm, members of the 501st recently appeared as extras in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. And they arrived on set in full screen accurate gear. The 501st includes all the Star Wars villains and all variations of Stormtroopers. Yes, there's dozens of actually different types of Stormtroopers from the movies, from the animated shows, from comic books. So there's dozens of different types of troopers. That means a CRL for each, says Lindsay Seapock, Legion Executive Officer. We try to get angles from all the sides. Sometimes we even have to use action figures if we don't have all of the the sides that we need. So we try to rely on action figures a little bit less. CPOC is second in command for the global organization of 14,000 members in 60 different countries. When I met CPOC, she was at an armor party. It is what we do at the local level to get members together, but it's not only for members, it's also for potential members who are looking to join the 501st. So if you're looking to build a costume, you're not quite sure how to build it, you come here and everybody gets together and works on the costume together. The organization encourages members to partake in a lot of charity work. Shane Hawley is the garrison commanding officer of the Imperial Sands Garrison. He recalled doing an event and meeting a little girl. As soon as I got down onto my knee, she ran out from behind her dad and gave me the biggest bear hug I've ever had in my life. And at that point, I knew that's what I wanted to to do in the community was to be able to kind of give back and do that. That's why he loves being part of the 501st. Plus, it pushes him to expand his skill set. Since starting, I've learned how to sew, I've learned how to 3D print, I've learned how to make costumes out of sheets of plastic. It's something that I never thought that I would be doing. 
fellow 501st member, Irma Michelle Tuanyo, has taken it a step further. First, it was a hobby. I still work full time. And then he said, my friend said, why don't you create an Etsy site? And so I did. And then next thing you know, I put some stuff on there like, like robots and droid parts and then all of a sudden it blew up. And then now on my Etsy site, it's actually official now. It's called TD Outpost. And you can see all the work I've done and, and all the droids I build and an extra side business for me too. As Amstutz returns to looking over my armor, he stops at the belt. It looks a little wide, so there's a maximum width for that. And I brought the CRL uh -oh. so I can look it up. Let me see what it says. And I'll pull out my handy tape measure. Size must be two and three quarters to three and a quarter inches. Sometimes the difference between getting in and getting out is a stitch in the right place. Again, CPOC. And you know what? If your stitch isn't in the right place, it doesn't make your costume any better or any worse than anybody else's. It's all about what you're feeling comfortable with and what you want to do with your costume. If you want to go to the dark side, then check out the 501st either online or at their fan table or panel at Comic-Con. Beth Accomando, KPBS News. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Eric Anderson. Thanks for listening and have a great day.